All I want to say last about the Olivia Rodrigo thing is that there is a sequence in the show where they do these flashbacks. There's an episode where they like flashback to like mm. first day of like school of junior year when they were like can audition for the first musical of that of basically the first season. <clears throat> and Sophia Wiley's character, um, Gina and um, Joshua Bass's character, Ricky, have an interaction and Ricky's talking about like singing a song for Olivia Rodrigo's character, Nina. And um, Gina says, wow, that really takes guts. And all I'm going to say is that Olivia Rodrigo's next album is named Guts. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they were talking about her. They knew, like, they put that in. That's like a little nod to Olivia Rodrigo. That's all I'm saying. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your parent-teacher conference's production of High School Musical 3 Junior, you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right, you can and you should leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To find out more about this Theater Nerd cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing High School Musical, the musical of the series, the final season. All right, Rachel. Hey, Here Tay. we are. Hello. What's up? How's it going? It's going. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I got my little tea here. Yeah. Rachel is a always, whale she's drinking, Yeah, she's drinking out of a whale's um, blowhole, I guess. I don't know. Spout. Rachel always bringing the tea in the episodes and the actual tea <laughs> is, really, is really what we're saying. I'm here for both. Um, we're here yeah. for both. We're here for you, theater nerds, and the reason why we're here for you is because we're recording this on a late Sunday night before tomorrow's release, so as of recording this... So sorry. It'll be... Yeah, we're a little... Um, I mean, I'm very sleep-deprived. I don't know about you, no. <laughs> but... Um, Taylor more so than me. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to, like... Record this, edit it, and put it out into the world in less than 12 hours, so. Thumbs up. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So, if it shows in this recording, like, how tired we are, <laughs> just know. Also, if it glitches, it is the ghost of yeah. Russell Crowe. Yeah, it's always the ghost of Russell Crowe. We're having always. some technical difficulties. Hopefully, it will not, you know, hopefully I can edit around it. I think I can, but. Um, but you know, we just, we gotta do it for the fans. That's, we do it all for the fans. That's all we're saying. 
Gotta do it for the cult, the the theater cult. That's yeah, right. the theater nerd cult. That's right. Um, we're gonna have a lot of fun stuff to talk about today with HSMTMTS, as we teased last week in our showman's episode, which was really fun. Was fun. You know one <laughs> one showman's we didn't talk about that I was thinking about the other day was what? Erica Henningsen and Kyle Seeling oh, from yeah. Mean Girls. Mean they Girls. met like doing now- Mean Girls. Yeah, now yeah. they're married, and Gray Henson married. married them, officiated. And Gray Henson married them, yes. I was like, well, how did we not talk about this? Yeah. So cute. So sweet, I know. That's a good so one. Sweet. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Before we jump into our topic, our main course today, we got to do our What's the Buzz segment. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. 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 This week, not too much buzz, I got to say. It's been like kind of in and out on the buzz. Um, We're starting with... We briefly mentioned this maybe two episodes back about um, The Outsiders, which is being produced by Angelina Jolie, Mr. Mrs. Brad Pitt, ex-Brad Pitt herself, is really what I should say, is being yeah. produced <laughs> yeah, by her. But The Outsiders officially got an announcement that it will open on Broadway this March, which is very exciting. Tickets are going on sale November 1st. It is playing at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater. And first preview start March 16th, which is very exciting. I'm excited. I mean, we, I feel like I'm excited. I also feel like the announcement of the new producer from last the last few weeks was the indication that they were going to move to Broadway. You know, was like, right. you know, that's normally why you get new producers is because you need more money in order to transfer. So I'm glad mm. that they officially announced their transfer date and I'm excited to to hear more and see more of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of a new show coming to Broadway, we also must talk about a show closing on Broadway. Rachel, tell them about this show that's closing. Um, there is a show closing on Broadway. It is once upon a one more time, we'll play its final performance in September. Um, I'm gonna give you the exact date, September, September. 3rd. Yeah. Um, which is re it's this which is this week. Yeah, next next. No, it's, uh, well, it's this. A it's week next from Sunday, today. So less than yeah. a week. And um, yeah, super sad. This announcement came out this week, so they gave us two weeks to work with that, which is. Pretty typical when you're closing a show quickly. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. I mean, I I love the comments in official on official Broadway world. Because As we always do. It's always just it's cutthroat, and someone said, "What took so long?" In the comments, and you're like, "That's just so sad." I mean, I think we did wonder, like, was the show going to be any good? Was the buzz about Britney Spears? After the, you know, past year and a half related to her conservatorship, was that going to carry over with enough buzz to get people back in to see a musical related to her music? But I think there it, it was trying to do too much. The feminist mystique with Disney-like characters, with, you know, princess-like characters is a lot. And then you add on that it's a jukebox musical with a producer, you know, with, with a songwriter or sorry 
artist who wasn't really that involved in the right. in the musical she itself. She did get the, her blessing though. Do you yeah, remember saying that? But she wasn't she wasn't yeah. involved in the same way that you know others might have been. Um, right. And like, so yeah, I just I just I think it's it's a really hard time for them, especially when you're competing in a world where there are other one there are other jukebox musicals on Broadway that are doing better that were more innovative. Mm-hmm. Two, I think there are other feminine, empowering, you know, women-centered musicals that are happening on Broadway. Six and Juliet being two that come to mind that really pushed the envelope in the way that probably this did. I just think the timing Mm -hmm. of this was wrong. If it had come right before the pandemic, we might. Yeah. It it might. Well, and Moulin Rouge in a way too. Done better, but yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Some but we're sad, Broadway. as always, to see a, a show close. For sure, for sure. Uh, I just want to shout out two of these Broadway World comments. One says, I don't understand how the Barbie movie is breaking records, and this is literally that, just with fairy tales and Britney Spears, and it tanked. I love this show so much. Another one said, cast recording, please, 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 saw it eight times and adore this show so Oh, my much. gosh. I know. That's crazy. I know. So wild. That is wild. I know. Um, we got some to move on to our next buzz. We got some photos. We got one, uh, two photos of Betty Who um prepping for Hades Town, which was very exciting. And yeah, uh, I'm excited. So yeah, I'm excited to see how um they do as Persephone. And then we also got some first look photos of Next to Normal at the Donmar Warehouse in London. It has already opened. Uh, it opened, <clears throat> excuse me, about six days ago now as of recording this. And the photos are just wild. I mean, it looks like a very modern, very different take on the show. Um, Casey Levy sent a text in like her batch of photos on opening night, or, or excuse me, posted a text on her Instagram of um, I, I'm guessing from the producer of the show that was like, "Hey, I'm wanting to do next to normal in London? Do you want to come be the lead?" Basically, like that was like that's just a text that Casey Levy gets. So excited for her! That's I'm hoping crazy. the lighting, the, the show, lighting design. Yeah. The lighting design looks amazing as an aside to the... It does. It does. And very different. Again, it looks... I love that they're, like, taking it and making it different than the original mm-hmm. production. Because yeah. the one that Rachel and I saw in D.C. Without the purple. Without the purple. That's right. The one that Rachel and I saw in D.C. with Rachel Bay Jones was basically the same production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was great. Oh, Absolutely, it was yeah. amazing. But I do think updating the show a little bit and giving it more of a modern vibe is um, interesting. I've always said, I think, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda has said that he wants to, if he ever is going to direct another movie, he wants to do like a smaller musical like Tick, Tick, Boom. And I always thought that Lin should direct a production of a, a movie of Next to Normal. So let's get on this. That would be wild. Get on that, Lynn. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) So 
exciting. If it does really well in London, it could we could get a, a revival on Broadway. So that would be which amazing. would be amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's never been performed um, in London, so this is the first time, which is crazy. That's crazy. I'm excited mm-hmm. for them though. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to say about cat. Well, I guess I feel like that came in different order related to our Broadway news. It's just, I'm not going to talk long about it because I've got feelings. But Shia LaBeouf is going to make their stage debut in the David Mamet world premiere of Henry Johnson. And, you know, we're going to see how that goes. Um, When I look up what the, what the play is about, I don't really know, but obviously Pulitzer Prize winning David Mamet. And then the director is, the director from the L Word Generation Q. So, Maria Lewis Ryan. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, Shia LaBeouf has had a very interesting career, one might say. Yeah, one might <clears throat> in, say that. And a very interesting personal life outside of that. So, um, yeah, we'll see how this does. I mean, I think aside from obviously from like accusations and you know truth and all of that of his personal life and all of that like Charlotte, he is a really really talented performer like he really is um i've seen him in a lot of things and i i don't know if he's ever done stage work though so it'll be interesting to see this is his stage premiere it's his stage debut oh yeah debut so that's exciting yeah. And I wonder, you know, part of me wonders, is this part of the, is this, be, would someone else have been cast if the writer strike and the actor strike wasn't going on? Right. Well, maybe he's just trying to get that work. So there's that. You know, I feel it. Actors trying to get the paycheck. That's right. Okay. So we also got an announcement that New York City Center will be extending their encores run for two weeks. Instead of, I'm guessing, is it normally like a one week or like a weekend? I think it's normally one week. Yeah. One weekend, right? Yeah. I guess so. So these will be Once Upon a Mattress, Jelly's Last Jam, and Titanic, which I wish I could see all three of these. I know. Don't you wish they were all at the same time? Like you could do just a triple feature. Oh, that would be amazing. Friday... Jelly's Last Jam, Saturday, Titanic, Sunday, Once Upon a Mattress. Once Upon a Mattress. Exactly. Yeah. It would be amazing. It would. So that's very exciting. Encores is very revered. Of course, we got the revivals of Into the Woods and Parade from Encores that transferred to Broadway last season. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll be on the lookout for any more transfers. And isn't Sun Foster going to be in Once Upon a Mattress? I believe that's right. Yeah. So that's exciting. Go on course. Yay. Um, New York City Center. Yeah. (laughs) New York City Center. All right. Um, This next bit of news, we'll we'll round it out with some casting, but this next bit, I was, when I saw this, I was like, Rachel will be excited about this. (laughs) Truly was everywhere on my social media. Okay, so this week we learned that Alice by Heart, the um, amazing adaptation sort of of Alice in Wonderland um, and Alice Through the Looking Glass, uh, basically, uh, is available for licensing for a limited amount of time. And the original cast of Alice by Heart 
um, features people we know so well now. Colton Ryan, uh, Noah Galvin. Tony nominee and Colton Molly Ryan. Gordon. Just so many. Yeah. I mean, so many people yeah. that we know. Um, amazing. And someone, once yeah. again, I love the comments in Official Broadway World. Why for just a limited amount of time? Right. And I think I do think that they are curious if they could ever transfer to Broadway. I think they're curious about that. But I obviously I think licensing really is the way to make money at some point. So I'm happy right. for this. I can't wait to see a strange, you know, I I hope Nashville Repertory Theater does this in their next season next year. Like, you know, I mm-hmm. really am just hopeful that local theater starts putting this on. Yeah. Um, some, uh, Wesley Taylor. I don't know if you mentioned what uh, Wesley Taylor. Oh yeah. No, I didn't say that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Although in some workshops of this show, there were people like Stephanie Sue, Ashley Park, Mike Feist, Ben Mike Platt, Feist. Anthony Ramos, Leslie Margarita. Isn't that crazy? Emmy, Emmy Rabber, Lamp, Lampman. So lots of people were, Philippa Sue was, um, the Cheshire Cat in a reading of it. So it's crazy. Pretty crazy. This um, music and lyrics are done by Duncan Sheik, who um, wrote um, Spring Awakening as well. Um, and then book by Steven Sater and Jesse Nielsen. Um, so that's exciting. Um, Rachel got to see this show live. I so did. Yeah. She it was so good. I believe you talked, you might have talked about it on our underrated. Episode. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I did. It's such a good I, that the cast album, the cast recording is out on all platforms. You can listen to it, and I highly recommend. I I think that it is such a spe- first of all, seeing it staged is like no other. The yeah. way that they have interpreted the original content into making it feel very universal and also very specific is gorgeous, and it is just an it's such an intimate show it's one of those shows where I do wonder like would it be able to be on Broadway I don't Mm. know but that's how I feel about Spring Awakening and obviously it was so um but it gives similar vibes no I mean obviously because it was created by one of the same people but I think it's it's just it's such a it's such a nice show I walked away obviously I had cried I laughed and I walked away feeling like I learned something and was moved and I listened mm-hmm. to that album start to finish at least once a month. A full meal is what we like to say. A full meal. A full meal. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, as we round out our what's the buzz, we got some casting notices. So um, casting for Moulin Rouge on tour, we have um, Gabrielle McClinton, Kristen Douglas, Robert Pett, Cough and more to lead the North American tour of Moulin Rouge. So that's very exciting. And then Drag Race star William and comedian Drew Droridge to join um, Titanique on Off Broadway. So that's very exciting. Titanique will yeah, probably so run exciting. forever. I have a feeling. It probably will. Like, wow. I think it's going to do it's it's doing very well off Broadway so that's very exciting for them. Well, that's our what's the buzz this week. We're excited to see 
what uh, other Broadway news we will find. Maybe some more openings in the fall. I feel like, you know, we're getting to our fall preview soon in a couple weeks. Yes. Uh, Broadway and World maybe is going to beat us to it for the first time. True. And because we're actually doing, I think last year we did it a little bit earlier, but we're going to do it closer to like actual fall and this year. Yes. Although the PSL are, is already out at Starbucks. It's out. It's crazy. It's out. And have I gotten one? Maybe. Oh, really? Have you? Yeah, I sure have. I do want to try the new, they have a new <laughs> pumpkin um, chai tea that I want to try. That's the new drink. Also, I learned that um, pumpkin spice lattes have been around since 2003. It's their 20th anniversary. And I no was like, what? Way. I know. I always thought, because wow. I was talking to someone at work and I was like, doesn't PSL feel like a 2010s thing in forward? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's at least 2008 when we started dressing like pumpkin spice people. You know, I don't pumpkin know. spice people. Uh-huh. <laughs> now we transition to our main, our main topic for the show today. High School Musical, the musical, the series, season four, the final season, the final season, R.I.P. Okay. Um, <sighs> yeah. So for those that don't know, last we're gonna year, spoil. Also, we're gonna spoil. Yes. This entire season. If you want to not hear spoilers, then you should pause this episode and you should watch High School Musical, the musical series, and then come back to this episode. That's right. If you don't care Um, about spoilers and you haven't seen it, you can stay here. Yeah, you can. If you've seen it, obviously you should stay here. Yeah. Um, We're going to spoil the whole show, but we also specifically are going to spoil season four. Yes. so last summer, for those that don't know, season when season three came out, Rachel and I did these weekly um, reviews and recaps on the show, and it was very fun. And so when they announced the fourth season and the final season, we were like, well, we're going to do that again. That would be so fun. But then they announced that it was going to be released uh, all as one binge on Disney+. Plus. So we were like, well, we might as well just take a whole episode and talk about the last season. So that's what we're doing today. Yes. So that's where we are. It has been out now for about two weeks, maybe a week and a half. Yeah. We did our due Um, diligence. We really did it. I think it's been out for two weeks. True. And yeah, so we're going to talk about season four. It is the final season. We're going to go through all the... The fun things, our favorite moments, our favorite episodes. I think it'll be fun. Maybe we can talk about each character throughout the season, kind of where they end up, where they start and where they end up. Um, there's eight episodes in total. I looked this up because the last time, first of all, Rachel, I told Rachel that the creator of the show had written for the prom, but I actually looked it up and he actually wrote for Tuck Everlasting, the musical. That was the musical he wrote. Oh, Tuck Everlasting. Yes. Yes. He also wrote the Better Nate Than Ever um, book, Mm -hmm. and then he directed and wrote the movie version of it. Got it. Yeah. So, 
Also on Disney, which I have not seen. Have you? Yeah, I've seen it. You haven't seen it? Oh, I have not watched it yet. Oh, it's cute. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We're going to talk about it at some point. Yeah. But Rachel, so season four, a lot happened. I feel like there was only eight episodes, but some of them were like 40 minutes. The last episode was an hour, like a full hour. Like an hour? hour. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. What did you think of like the overall season and the vibe? Yeah, so... Where we left off last season was at the end of summer camp before some of the people were going to be here's seniors. What you missed on. High school, high school, here's, high and season. here's what you missed. Um, exactly. And like Nini basically said goodbye, and that's Olivia Rodrigo's character. She said goodbye, and we knew we would never see her again. Um, and then sad. Uh, like you, you it is sad. And then all of these, like, sh- sh- oh, okay, all of these camp uh, ro- romances were happening. There was a lot of conversation about, like, what is senior year going to have for us? Like, what are we going to do there? And then, you know, some people went to camp and some people didn't. So there were actors that we didn't see for one reason or another who were not at, quote, camp. And we weren't going to see them until this season of the show. So I think it's... I, I think that where we started was like, obviously there's been a lot of drama. Oh, one thing I should know is that the show last season is that the show that they were producing at camp was frozen. And there was a documentary about them being the first people to do frozen featuring Corbin blue. Very important. That documentary got, um, got like shown on, you know, they had a premiere and then they, like all this chaos ensued around all that. So I think that I felt like I didn't know what was going to happen during this season. Like, how are we going to close all these a lot of very open-ended relationships and all these things? Was it going to be complicated? I feel like in the last three seasons, there was a lot of obviously high school drama and it was catered to the G-rated audience, which is totally fine. But it just sometimes felt like, does there really need to be this much drama if we're just trying to produce a musical? Right. Um, and so so this season, um, I felt like, I really felt like every single character grew up. The hard part was that there was not a full narrative. I felt like for each character in their, like, in their character arc. Like, I felt like we could have spent a little bit more time understanding how we got from one place to the next with that character in order to end the show. Um, But overall, I love that they did High School Musical 3. I 100% cried my eyes out the last three episodes. Like, legit tears. Like, legit crying was happening from my body. Um, And I also think that I really enjoyed... I just really enjoyed that I felt like we got the most action for songs in this season than we did in any other season. I felt like we got to see songs to the completion, both in the musical and other songs that were happening during the show, during the High School Musical Musical series show. Well, I also will say what I, this season, so what happens in this season is that a Hollywood crew is coming to um, East High because the show is set at East High. Um, and they're going to film the new movie version of High School Musical 4, The Reunion, 
Um, and we have some new characters. We have Caitlin Riley playing Quinn Robbins, who is the film director. We have Kylie Cottrell playing Danny, who's a social media personality, who's gonna who's cast as um, the lead in the reunion movie. And then we have Matthew Sato, who's playing Mac Alana, who's a sitcom actor, who is cast in uh, as the lead in the High School Musical for the reunion. And then there's also some. OG High School Musical veterans coming back um, to the show, like Lucas Gabriel and Corbin Blue and Monique Coleman, Bart Johnson. Um, I wouldn't say that they're back to the show. They're not no, the one. Not all of them are featured. Yes, that's true. Okay. Um, but I will say they're cameos in this season but that was one thing I was going to say that's one thing I actually liked about this season is I feel like the ad campaign was like oh this is all about High School Musical 4 this is all about like the reunion and people were speculating like oh are Zach and Vanessa going to show up blah 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 what I really loved about the show the season as a whole is that it really focused on these characters more. It really didn't, like, they got the High School Musical 4 stuff kind of out of the way in the first episode. And then they really focused on, like, where, especially in the last, like, four or five episodes, like, they really focused on, like, where are these characters going? What are they doing with their lives after they graduate high school? Like, what is this theater group doing after high school? Like, where's Miss Jen going? Who's the head of the theater um, department in the high school like what's happening with her like Rachel said what's happening with all these relationships after this season like where are all these relationships going and that's what I really loved about this season is that it really focused in on all of that it did feel more adult it felt more mature and I think that's a testament to them saying well this was this is their senior year. We're going to make it more mature, <clears throat> which I really loved. And that it felt in that way, like high school musical three and that they made it like high school musical three to me feels the most mature out of all three of the movies, but it's not anywhere near. I feel like this show was like the better version of that. Like it really made it yeah, more real. That's the funny enough. The high school musical three is like the Disney channel version of this which is funny because it was like an actual movie <laughs> and yeah but this is like the actual real and that's really a testament to not tim federley but tim federley who is, is how you pronounce it which i looked it up before recording this because <laughs> rachel always said tim federley um and it made me laugh you know i'm just out here pronouncing yeah. things you know how it is but tim federley the the uh, creator of the show who he I watched an interview with him and we'll link it in the show notes below and he talked about how like someone asked him like this felt like the right season to end it on like this was the right amount of time we spent with these characters and that there were threads that he he knew what he wanted to finish in the end and funny enough you know even talking with the reason why also we did showmances too is because like this show and showmances kind of go hand in hand because this show is all about showmances in a way. And I think 
Tim um, Federley kind of puts it that like that's kind of what high school is and theater is that like you go from like romance sometimes you have to go through a couple people to get to the person who you know you're going to be with and maybe that doesn't last forever but at least you know for the time being from what we see in the show so it's just it's exciting I also love when a creator of a show gets to like finish how they want to finish and like you know, they get they got to do everything they wanted and put it on screen. And then also, Tim talked about how um, there's a possibility, like, who knows? It could have come back one day. Like, you just never know. And I think that's yeah. exciting. So. I think I read I read what they they were saying or he was saying in the and in in an interview on People Magazine. I'm pretty sure about how he had thought about what if in five years there's a time jump and like, that's where we are. But I right. want to go, I want to go back to your point um, before we talk about specifically this season. I think what is so beautiful to me as, especially as an adult who grew up watching high school musical um, is that this show feels more grounded in reality and in the complexity of the characters that actually exist in the real world. Yeah. And obviously this is a show. Oh, I'm not trying to say like, oh, it's real life. This is, you know, like this is a, it's a Disney also. It's a Disney show on Disney. Yeah. And plus. And so. But I will not- say like this season specifically more so than the other ones. I mean, me. I, I think, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm just saying like, I think, I think that like, even with the understanding that it's a kid's show that this see this um high school musical the musical of the series does a better job than all of the high school musicals combined at expressing that there is more complexity to the characters that they originally presented which is yeah. why i think it's very interesting that we they, they start with high school musical as the first musical that high school musical the musical the series does and they end with high school musical three being the last musical that we see them do and i i think that that obviously is a for a reason obviously it's a growth trajectory that we knew already existed within the high school musical realm but i the other reason i think that they did it is because there were things about the last high school musical the third high school musical that we felt like people were like why didn't you like why was this not explicit like there should have been more here um and these characters are there's more here and we're just kind of like it's giving us like the fade to black version not that we want it to be like sexy or raunchy or anything but it's giving us the non-complex version of of kids finding themselves and being worried about finding themselves and so what i think is amazing about the show in general is it adds it actually adds mental health as a conversation yeah it adds yeah, it adds like the complexity of what it means to be a part of the LGBTQ community. It adds in complexity about what it looks like to have like a per- parent and like a, a two parent or one parent household or, you know, people who move around. Like we really skipped over Vanessa Hudgens' character in High School Musical having trauma from having to move from place to place. Like, you know, there's just a lot of things right. that weren't addressed in the original three movies that have been able to be addressed in different ways with other characters, because it's not like Nini is supposed to be 
Vanessa Hudgens. It's not like Olivia Rodrigo is supposed to be her. They're, they right. are other characters. But I think that part of that is thinking about who who they wish they had actually spent more time when we think uh, viewing when we think about it in the in in 2020 2023 area so well i do think gina kind of takes over for that role a little bit too with her no no yeah i just mean like i don't think that all of these characters are supposed to be the original characters but i do think that each of them take a thread of what they wish that they had showcased in the original high school musical series the three shows three for sure and i think that's just the nature of like updating it and putting it together and it being a series rather than a a movie so you have more time with these characters yeah i just think that they did a really good job for sure well let's talk about the cast a little bit and then we can talk about the characters too um i mean we've talked about like this show really did launch like so many people for this show i mean olivia rodrigo alone i just want to take a minute and talk about like she was on a Disney show before this called Bizarre Vark. Did you watch this ever? No. Yeah, me neither. Way behind. I'm I'm way ahead of that time. I don't know. I don't know, Rich. I don't know what you watched, but with your cats, I don't know. <laughs> um, me and my cats. We're just yeah. watching Bizarre Vark. Yeah. Retweeted us, Olivia, or re-threads us. Threads. I don't know. What is the saying now? I don't know. I'm I we I've only been on threads for a day, Taylor. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. But I think there's something incredible about and and this happens all the this has happened before. Like this isn't the first show to do this, but hiring an actress to play a role and then all of a sudden she gets huge in another realm. And then they have to write her off the show because she's like, no, nah, I'm too big for this. I, I wonder, I just wonder, and so in this season, the fourth season. The couple, the main couple is Joshua Bassett's character of um, Ricky. And then, um, where's her name? I want to make sure I get it right. Sophia Wiley's character of Gina. Those are the two main love interests. And I just can't help but wonder if the whole entire creative team was like, well, was this storyline eventually w- originally meant for Olivia Rodrigo's character, Nini? Like, was that, I know it's all about like finding new, like going through different relationships, but I also just wonder like, well, that was the OG one. Like, was that meant for her? I don't know. I just can't help but wonder that. But Well, I what I think is funny, obviously, is that speculation states that the original, the Olivia Rodrigo, Nick, uh, Ricky, who's Joshua Bassett the two of them also had like a potential showmance on the show right and that created also some of the music that made Olivia big if that's true we will never we will never really know but there is this moment of like kind of like Zach Zach Efron and Vanessa Hudgens it's like yeah were they won't were they not for sure I think though thinking about the plot right Nini and Ricky were together and then shit hit the fan and then ricky had this kind of like this romance with with gina when she finally came in or like a at least an interest in her and then nini was leaving and we knew she was going to leave obviously and so they were able to pivot around that but i i think that it could have been honestly i wonder part of me wonders if it was supposed to be someone else 
at the very end who we were mm. introduced to at camp, but we decided not to because we were introducing other people and because Olivia Rodrigo's character was going and we were trying not to like do too much. But yeah. one thing I do want to say, I know that these these actors are good actors and I know that they're also are maybe no longer small children but they're still small young they're adults, still small people all of them. yes exactly but I do want the record my my opinion to reflect that I did not sense any on-screen chemistry between Joshua Bassett's character Ricky and Sophia that's her name right Wiles character yeah, Wiley of Wiley, um, Gina. No, I like, did not believe for a second. I could not believe it for wow. a second. I do believe that they were friends, and like I can feel that they like love each other. But I will say, I felt that with everyone, and I felt no chemistry the way that when Zach Efron kisses Vanessa Hudgens in High School Musical three, I'm like on the floor. I am unwell. There was none wow. of that for me in this. In this none. None even the during, two of them. Can I get can I have this dance? That part in the sh- like that was the one part I was like, dang, it's pretty it was pretty good. Cool. It was good, but I I that part was good, but I still don't yeah. I was like, this is not something yeah. it's not the same. All I want to say last about the Olivia Rodrigo thing is that there is a sequence in the show where they do these flashbacks. There's an episode where they like flashback. To like mm. first day of like school of junior year when they were like can audition for the first musical of that of basically the first season, <clears throat> and Sophia Wiley's character um, Gina and um, Joshua Bass's character Ricky have an interaction, and Ricky's talking about like singing a song for Olivia Rodrigo's character Nina, and um, Gina says wow that really takes guts and all i'm gonna say is that olivia rodrigo's next album is named guts so, <laughs> i'm just saying like they were talking about her they knew like they put that in that's like a little nod to olivia rodrigo that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying so funny oh my god really <laughs> oh man um Let's go over, I do want to say right off the bat as well, as we're talking about, <laughs> Rachel has a cat behind her that Hold is on. just... I'm really just, I'm really struggling. Just give me one second. Yeah. Or you can keep talking, Tay. Okay. Well, I just want to say, and this was, Rachel and I were talking the other day, and I was like, well, I finished the show, but I, I'm going to save this for the podcast. My, I will say, my MVP of this season, and the just thought his entire arc really is Joshua Bassett as Ricky this season because he just does such a phenomenal job, a phenomenal job given the such like cringy lines that he has to say throughout the season. But he, and he's just arc of like finding himself and his parents or his parents, you know, divorce and his dad dating Miss Jen and all of that, but also like figuring out what he wants to do in the future in college. Like all of the writing is so well done for his character. And I think truly Joshua Bassett, like I, I kind of was annoyed by Ricky in all the other seasons and I didn't really like him. I thought he was like very annoying, but 
But this season, for some reason, I really rooted for him and I really liked him. And I thought he just did a great job. Like, I was so excited for him that he, like, and I think also EJ has a part in that. Like, EJ is the EJ's character, like, really just like tells him how it is. And it's like, well, you're actually being an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, you're actually, yeah. <laughs> you're wasting away. Yeah, you're yeah. judging yourself and you're being a brat and you need to figure it out, yeah. basically. He says it nice. But I just before. really, really loved his character. And I thought he just did a great job, even with like such stupid lines, like really, really stupid lines sometimes. That I just thought he sold them. I was like, wow, I actually believe this. And I, for some reason in other seasons, I didn't like him as much. But in this one in particular, I was like, oh, I really like That's him. That's funny. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's my MVP. I, I'll get to my MVP. Um, mm. But I think I think that, first of all, I've always liked Ricky's character. And mm. I specifically State it for the record. Him. And I specifically love whether it's Ricky's idea or or like it was written for Ricky or whether Joshua Bassett started doing it and then they were like, keep doing it. I don't know. But his slight glances to the mockumentary crew. Yeah. So good. Kills the, me. It has yeah, killed me so every good. season. It continues to kill me. I am unwell by it. But I will say this season, I felt like what you're noticing wasn't actually about writing his character, I actually think it was because Joshua Bassett is now better at acting. Yes, like, I, I actually think that he's better at taking direction and he's better at acting. And that, I mean, and you can feel it. Like, he himself is maturing. Yeah. And what's yeah. so funny to me, because I, of course, after watching High School Musical, the musical series, immediately watched High School Musical 3. And what's crazy to me. Oh my is gosh, that I love this. What's so funny is that I High School Musical, the first one is like the one that I know the most. And then second mm. is probably second. And the third one, I watch the least, although I like it because it's just so overwhelmingly emotional because of senior, being senior year. Yeah. Um, but I Try. think I know well that part. I think that Zach Efron's character also like he, he himself, his acting is exponentially better from the first movie to the third movie. And what I looked up is actually that he finished filming High School Musical 3 and not long after started filming 17 again. And in 17 again, who also, he's a basketball player, by the way, but he is so much better at acting. It is wild. And you just feel like he's so much older and you're like, he's literally the same age as he just was shooting High School Musical 3. But it's because his acting's gotten better. And I find that funny with Joshua Bassett. I feel a similar character arc. Well, in in between one and two, he shot um, Hairspray as well, which he's great in. So Debatable. Debatable that he's great in? Oh. Yes. Wow. Well, we'll we'll have this debate another day, another day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I also personally want to just shout out Um, um, Kate Reinders as Miss Jen. She does such a great job in this show. And I I think that her writing this year was so good or this season. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very, very good. Um. I got the pleasure of seeing her in Something Rotten when it was on Broadway, which was, like, right before she booked this show. That's um, so crazy. I know. And it's funny to see, like, the pictures of all of them for the pilot. Like, they all talked about, like, they were one of the first shows on Disney+. Plus. Like, it was this new 
platform. They were like, no, and now they're like, you know, the veterans on the on the platform. And I, I really think it's like true. Like Disney Plus has a lot of different content, but this is really one of the better shows on the on the streaming platform. And um, it's not. There are moments where it's like Disney Channel esque, but I think especially this season in particular there it's just the writing is so good and it's it's just gotten a lot stronger which is why it's sad to see it go like it's like oh you you went on on such a high that it's like oh it's kind of sad but and i wonder how much of that is because of these these actors you know what one thing that felt very palpable during this season which is i think I'm pretty sure why I saw my eyes out the last three episodes is because right. it was very clear to me that these actors have done such a hard, hard and good job at becoming a team. Part of me wonders, like, is is the energy, is the writing, is all of the like way that we saw the show this last season happen actually because of the actors being able to voice what they felt should happen in that scene, like. Did they really, did writers on Disney actually say we're going to have three bleep outs or were these actors like, no, I'm going to say it and we can figure out if we're going to keep that taken or not. Oh, see, I think the writer, the creator was like, do a take like this and we'll bleep it out. That's what I think. I, I, part of me wonders though, like how much there, I think that there's more improv in this, in this season than there are in others that's valid that's valid but also i did hear because i watched an interview with some of the cast they didn't know it was the final season until halfway through filming i just think it's a testament to them growing as like actors and 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 the characters growing into themselves like Mm -hmm. what is so cool is that they are as individuals are growing into themselves as actors and people and their characters are also and it is we often try to emulate that time Right, like 20-year-olds, 28-year-olds trying to play high schoolers, figuring out at Gavin Hansen, figuring out what they're doing in their life. And and it's it of course it's meaningful and it's connective, but there's something so different when a 17-year-old is doing it, or a 19-year-old is doing it, or a 20-year-old is doing it. So for sure. Yeah. Um to finish Um, the the plot aspect, I do just want to talk about. So what ends up happening is Gina gets cast as the lead in High School Musical 4, the reunion movie, and she's cast as the lead in the musical. So chaos ensues with that. Ricky and Gina are in a secret relationship in the beginning of the series, and also Ricky sliding into her, like, top, like, her bedroom in, in the top of her house in her attic, basically, really reminded me of High School Musical, like, the whole, like, Troy coming into Gabriella's room. It was very, I thought that was a good like yes, parallel. Absolutely. Amazing. Yes. Um, and everyone's, you know, all the seniors are like freaking out about college. I think it's such an interesting choice that um, Carlos, Frankie Rodriguez character, Carlos Rodriguez is a junior. I did not remember that. So he's a junior this year. I thought he would have been one of the seniors, but Courtney mm. Green. Played by Dara, Renee is freaking out about college and just trying to decide where to go. Um, Princeton or Lewis or Harvard or Yale or wherever. Um, And then we also have relationship drama between a lot of 
the characters Julia Lester's Tony nominee Julia yeah. Julia Lester, uh, Ashlyn's character, and then um, Miss Jen has some relationship drama. We have Seb, played by Joe Serafini, and uh, Carlos Frankie Rodriguez relationship drama from the documentary from the previous season. And also that including and including another character. Yeah. Yes, we find out that Seb cheated on Frankie with or Frankie Carlos. Oh well. Um, cheated Seb cheated on Carlos with Big Red. With Big Red, which is crazy. And crazy that Big Red hasn't really even been yeah. in the series the last two seasons. So I know. It's not neither has Seb though, honestly. Yeah, that's true. So lots of stuff happening. It all kind of culminates into the musical in the end and the movie being filmed. And then the director decides to cast Gina in a gritty redone production movie of Romeo and Juliet, which apparently Gina has never heard of, which is hilarious. (laughs) That's my favorite. She's like, I haven't read it yet. You're like, okay. She's like, I'm going to read it. Um, And... I, and then they end up, she ends up announcing that it's going to be filmed in Salt Lake, so, or New Mexico. Yes. Yes. Salt Lake? I can't remember. Salt Lake is where they are. Yeah. Yeah. New Mexico is where the actual movie is set, which is funny. Um, yeah, so lots happening. Um, there's one aspect I wanted to talk about for the season, but was were there other, any like character arcs or characters you wanted to talk about? Um, I just want to, I want to say that I think the current discuss or the discussion right before this season was all about Ryan, which is Sharpay Evans's twin brother and, and um, what's his name? Who directed it? Danny Ortega saying. Kenny Ortega. Yeah. Kenny. Thank you. I was like, Danny, who's Danny? Okay. Kenny Ortega saying. Uh, yes, like Ryan was gay and, you know, like in the first, ep- literally in the first three minutes of the first episode, Ryan, like they mentioned Ryan's partner and Ryan Lucas Grabiel kisses his partner. And literally that's like, that's the end of that. It's the end of it. And right. I find it so funny that the internet was like having a whole moment about it. Because when I went back to watch High School Musical 3, what is hard for me is that like clearly Ryan is gay. Like clearly he is. They have they have decided to do all of the gay tropes, right? And in yes. some ways they in some ways they're putting him in a box as like this is how we're showing he's gay because we're not going to say he's gay. Instead mm. he's going to be flamboyant and all this stuff. And like what I love about High School Musical the musical the series is that it's correcting some of that, not with Ryan's character because that's we've we're gone with that, but with Big Red and with Ashlyn, right? And like this idea that being queer is actually more complicated than just enjoying dancing as a like as a man or like enjoying theater that or, or like being a butch lesbian. Like there there can be this moment where you are a multitude of things. And the people who started off as queer or gay and gosh, my cat is literally driving me insane. Um, you know, the people who started off out like Seb and Carlos, they in some ways represent a, a very real but also somewhat stereotypical versions of gay characters, right. especially in high school. 
And then you realize that this is more complex. And as the season goes on, as the seasons go on, you see that there are more people who represent that kind of experience. And I think the same is true with mental health situations, right? Like Ricky's struggling with mental health. Um, you know, obviously Courtney, um, you know, was struggling with mental health and there, there's been a lot of other people like, um, what's his name? Who, who is new? Uh, why can't I remember his name? Oh, Jet. Jet. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot going on related to mental health, not just in this season, but in previous seasons. And I think that's really important too. And I think especially it's important that Ricky showcases finally in this season that all these things that he's feeling, his emo self is also a mental health situation. And he names it with EJ. And I mean, I know that this is a high school experience, like, and it's also a Disney Channel version of a high school experience. So it's not as, it's not euphoria is what I'm saying. But I also think that it does such a good job at, layering and adding in layers that we knew already existed but decided not to say them and by not saying them created tropes that I felt are no longer true and maybe were never true to begin with so Mm -hmm. um I just really appreciate that about this this season and I what I I don't think we needed the the three minutes of fame with the four people who came back um but Mrs. Darbus's character I think we needed her for this amazing ah incredible Allison Reed, there's a great scene with her and Kate Reinders both auditioning for Wicked. So and it's good. amazing. Amazing. Um, Rachel, that's a great segue because I really was gonna I was gonna segue into talking about the LGBTQ kind of experience yeah. in the show, which you did already talk about. But I as far as the Ryan character, I do want to say my piece about this. Of course, as someone in that is um does not identify in the LGBTQ community. I do want to say, growing up watching High School Musical, watching Ryan as portrayed in those movies, at least, not officially, like, in those movies, he was portrayed as straight, and... I mean, Taylor, he was not portrayed... You know who's straight? You know who's straight in those in those movies is Zac Efron's character, Troy, because all of everything that Ryan is doing, all of that is a trope. I understand that they never said he was gay, but all of those things that he does that are flamboyant, him wearing a boa, him being obsessed with all these things, that is a trope. It's one thing if he heard about it once, but like, that's a trope. I I understand, but as someone that identified as straight and also did all of those things that are typically tropes for gay characters like I dressed up in tutus when I was little I also loved but I yes, also love musical not theater. in the same way okay yeah. anyway I also love musical theater I personally saw myself in Ryan like I really did like I I loved that like he that he got with Kelsey in the end of three like I was like that's so fun like I really liked that yeah. But that that doesn't negate that. like someone else's experience for if they saw themselves as a queer person seeing themselves in Ryan as well. I'm just I do think both can exist, but I I think it's interesting like there can be more nuanced straight and gay characters. I think there can be both. Well, um, that's why I was saying that I think that the series does a better job at explaining yes, the realities of people. Yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, the original, the original, like, message of High School Musical is literally, like, you can be b- both and both, you can put your feet in both worlds. Like, 
being musical, being right. a musical theater person doesn't make you gay. Like you can be a straight person and be. You can be theater. on the basketball team and you can yes. be a nerd and you can like musical theater. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I get it. I just wanted to say like, that's, just I mean, me. it's that's just, my... I, I get that you saw yourself in him. I mean, I see myself in all of the characters. That doesn't mean that mm. I am those people, but I, True. I think, but I was I do... like 10 years old when the first movie came out. So I was I like, do... Ooh. I get that. I get that. There's a, there's this space of being, having permission to like understand that how you're feeling as someone who enjoys musical theater is okay. So like, I hear that. And also I think that the LGBTQ response to that would be like related to Ryan would be you're making an entire movie about how you don't have to stick to the status quo. And yet you're not naming the one person who we all know. Right. Because you're making him do all these things. Like you, you're, you're writing it in, so that we know and you don't tell us. And that to me is, that's rude. Like that, that to me is like, you should just say it or we should address it. Like you can be bisexual. I mean, this was, I understand this was in 2000, what? Six. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we were, we were not there yet. We were still dealing with like the fallout of child actors being bad, but I'm just, I'm just saying that I think that if you're really thinking about it, you're like, you made a whole show about how it's okay to be in love with a musical and be on the basketball team or be a nerd and be on the, like in the musical or be um, a, a skater boy and love to play the cello or be like a cool basketball bro and love to break. But you're not going to name that someone in this group is queer. Right. <laughs> like, like we, we can do all those things and it didn't have to be, this is, I think what's my point is it didn't have to be the story, but now that we are correcting it later, now that Kenny Ortega and other people, like now that we're naming Ryan as gay, it feels like, well, why didn't we just do it? It didn't need to be the center of the movie. The movie was always going to be about Troy and Vanessa. And that's kind of, that's, I think, I mean, obviously that's why the series exists. Yeah. Is because to, to correct to co- make sure that the complexities of and the realities of high school and of what loving theater looks like can actually be so that more people like you and me and the people who are in between you and me can see themselves in this show and say, like, it's okay for me to love musical theater. Yeah, for sure. The and that's what I loved about the first movie is that, like, you did, I did see myself regardless of, you know. And that's what the message of the, the the movie is, is that, like, anyone can find themselves. And what I love about the series, bringing it back to the series, is that um, ultimately, I, I think what I really, truly love about this season is that ultimately it's just about, like, it's about a theater troupe and it's about, like, them coming together and, like, them, like, realizing that maybe not realizing but just like realizing how much they need it like each person needed this space to learn things and mess up and fail and 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 um succeed and all these different things and that's what the and that's why I loved the finale in this season is that it's all about like how theater how much theater can change people's lives that's why I loved mm-hmm. it so much 
And so. the people in theater. Yeah. yeah. And I, that that actually relates to what I want to share is my one of my my favorite song from this season. Love it. So we get a lot of we get a lot of high school musical three songs, obviously. And we get a, a few not high school musical three songs as the per usual with the, the series. But my favorite is Love You Forever, sung by the entire cast. And mm. this is when Ricky is professing his love to Gina at the end when he thinks that Gina has signed a contract for her to go to Switzerland or wherever it was um, to shoot the New Romeo, New Zealand, right? Sorry. Yeah, the Romeo and Juliet um, movie. And he comes in and he thinks that he's made it just in time. Um, and what we find out later is that she signed the contract, but asked for the movie to be shot in Salt Lake City or wherever they are. Anyway, and so what's so beautiful is Ricky comes in with his little electric guitar, the electric guitar that EJ gave him. So and great. It's so cute. It's hooked and up to, he, I guess it's wireless. I don't know. Something. And it's, he starts playing and all of the, like the rest of the high school musical cast, like the series cast is there watching it happen and they start singing along and they end up like processing in like a beautiful very like just vibes way up to the front and they all are singing to each other even though it's Ricky's song confessing his love to Gina and I mm. openly wept um during that time because I just felt like it really felt that's how you feel that's how you feel with theater people like that's how you feel with friends you're just like overwhelmingly like in love with each other and with this experience that you have together. And especially in high school when you're like, I don't know what else is out there, but I know that this was something so beautiful and I love it and I want to protect it. And I want to profess that I love it. And mm. I just think one of the things that musicals allow us to do that nothing else does is sing our feelings. And I cannot express that this was the the best moment I think throughout the entire series where they're all singing their feelings in a way that felt like yes there is no other way to portray these feelings yeah. and also it was gorgeous they did a great job singing it so so good yeah I want to shout out some songs um there's maybe this time which is um Sophia Wiley and Joshua Bassett Often I've criticized, I said this last season, how, like, there will just be, like, random pop songs that, like, these characters wrote, like, these actors wrote that, like, the the creator of the show is like, yeah, we'll put this in the show, and then it, like, doesn't make sense at all, and you're like, what the heck? But this moment, I believe it's in, like, Sophia Wiley's character's bedroom, and they're yes. singing a song together, and it makes sense, like, the moment makes sense. To the, you know, like, my musical logic of, like, wait, are they singing to each, like, do they know they're singing? Do they know where they're in a musical? Like, <clears throat> and obviously this show is, like, meta out the wazoo, but. Out the wazoo. You know, in, the, in a regular movie musical, I'm like, so, so do they know they're singing? Like, what's happening? Like, especially, the, for instance, like, the prom, like, do they know that there's a moment where, like, other people start, like, singing, and then, like, they're, like, reacting to their singing and dancing, and I'm like, do, do people know in this universe that they're singing? And it just drives me crazy. Um, <clears throat> I know when a stage musical doesn't make sense, it, like, it, you're just in the world, but in the movie, I don't yeah. know why I have this logic problem. But anyway, this song, maybe this time, is so beautiful, really well done. I love the scream um, sequence with Joshua Bassett in the musical, High School Musical 3. Such a so good. So good. So good. 
one of my favorite songs in the whole, you know, all three of them. So I'm glad they picked it out to uh, showcase him. And I just love like the low budget sets and the because High School Musical oh, 3 is like the highest budget of all three movies. And this version yeah. of it is like the lowest budget. It's so funny. I love it. I also, I want to say, oh, I do want to shout out in the, it's like a post-credit scene. The entire cast sings oh, yeah. um, for good at the end. Sobbing. Because there is a plot line that is really, like, really comes out of nowhere of Miss Jen getting an offer to go play um, Glinda on the Wicked Tour, which I just want to say, I love um, Kate Reinders, who plays Miss Jen. She is 43. Like, would they cast a 43-year-old to go play Glinda on the tour? I feel like that's, like, I don't know. I, I know, you know, we, we don't stand ageism here, but. <laughs> no ageism, but also <laughs> That's all I'm ageism. saying. That's all I'm saying. And she ends up turning it down. But I do love that Tim, um, Tim Federley. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Tim Federley was like, we'll just put four good at the end. Like, it's fine. And, what and I they think, are crying, and I'm crying, and everyone's crying. And I also love that Joshua Bassett, Ricky Bowen, he gets the line in For Good that says, um, and I know I ask forgiveness for the things I've done you blame me for. And all I could think of was like, oh, all your drama with Olivia Rodrigo, that's what you're apologizing for right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, it's so good. Them going to Denny's slays. So good. So funny. Yeah. I was always an IHOP man, but yeah. Um, I wanna oh yeah. I have an MVP that I want to share. Mm. Did you already share your MVP? Yeah, Ricky. Ricky's my MVP. Okay. My MVP is partly the writers who wrote this in and partly the actor who portrayed it. But it came out of the writers who who wrote this in. So there was a plot line in two seasons ago where there's this actor um, from a different high school and he's French or so we think he's French and they're playing Beauty and the Beast and he supposedly has a crush on Ashlyn and he make he's like makes it so weird and it's so funny. And um, this uh, character is portrayed by Andrew Barth Feldman. And what is amazing Maybe, yeah. is he literally he literally comes out of nowhere this season yeah. to come yeah. to the high school musical, the three, three um, musical that they're putting on. And he mm-hmm. finds Big Red and he is pretending that he's like wants to see Ashlyn and Ashlyn and Big Red end up pretending that they're still together because of it. And um, then Andrew's character circles back like uh, 20 minutes later, it feels like. Too big red. Yeah, it's so and, random. And basically breaks down the fourth wall, like, and says, "Oh, I'm not actually French. Like, I like have a crush on you, big red, and not Ashlyn. And my name is Andy. And I so literally died because I was like, mm-hmm. this is actually psychotic." Who, who decided that in the last episode of the season, he's not been in any other part of the season, but he was going to come back. And truly, it's my MVP because I laughed so hard. I said, what? Audibly. And then I laughed. And I was like, I just, like, this is, it's truly like an Easter egg that I never knew that I needed, but I loved it. I loved it mm. so much. 
Amazing. I love that. Yeah, Andrew Barth Feldman is a national treasure. I went down a rabbit hole of Jimmy Awards videos this week. Um, and his is just so delightful. We'll put it in our show notes below. Oh, so good. So good. Um, do you have a favorite episode from the season? Um, I really think Trust the Process was my favorite episode. That's episode yeah. six, and that is the one where we see uh, Miss Jen going to audition for Wicked and um and Mrs. Darbus is, is there basically. Mm-hmm. This is like <laughs> and, the flashback episode, like the yes, like it's like the, the um the like bottle episode almost like they're all in one room talking about their past, like that type of thing. Yeah, and it is so good, especially mm-hmm. that part where you just learn so much about Miss Jen. I wish that we had known more about her at the beginning because I think I it, could watch a whole show about Miss Jen. I agree. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Honestly, so, it, and I just Jen felt very Carlos sweet. like taking on New York. I would watch this in a heartbeat. All and and what was crazy was when they were all going around like talking about how they were thankful for one another. I was like, oh, they're actually feeling this. Like you can mm-hmm. feel them feel it. Mm-hmm. And I also just know what it's like when you're trying to wrap a show. Um, and this is them not even wrapping the show. This is them thinking that drama club is never happening ever again at East High. So right. yeah. What about you, Taylor? What's your favorite episode? Well, the last one is really great. And there's some great monologues that, yeah. Cause Gina goes through like literally every person in the cast. And also I felt bad for like, there were a couple ensemble people in the back and I was like, are you going to talk about them? Are you going to talk about them? Um, that's all I'm going to say. But the finale was really good. But I really loved um, episode five, Admissions, which is where they mm. we do the college tour. And that's yeah, where, that's like, Ricky has his, like, big, like, mental health moments. And and um, um, Gina and um, – I'm sorry, not Gina. Ashlyn and Big Red have their, like, perfect breakup in that which I think was really well done and really well written and I think really nuanced and to show like a a breakup that can actually be like amicable and not like catty. Um, yeah. Which I loved. And yeah, I just love and I loved like showing the college, like pre-college experience as like something that felt real and it didn't it didn't feel like cliche or cheesy in any way at least to me so Mm -hmm. yeah I agree I also I I love that episode because I think you get to see Courtney in a different element and I really liked that yes and the fact that EJ is like a freshman now and he just like they literally just like dressed him in the most like basic modern freshman like the Birkenstocks and the beard Birkenstocks with the socks it's so cute it's so funny oh I love that I really like him you know, one thing that we don't, I don't feel like we fully get is Carlos and Seb's relationship closure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they end up back together, but I feel like there could have, there should have been more there. I also feel like yeah. there should have been more conversation. Maybe we could have seen a conversation between Seb and his dad about Seb coming out. Like, yeah. there's just things where I'm like, I it, cut for time kind of thing. Oh, it felt, yeah. it felt cut for time. But overall, I really loved this season. I love this show. I, I think it's one I'll, I'll go back to. Like, we talked about theater camp or yeah. going back to theater camp. I think this is a show I'll, I'll put on if I am if I need some comfort, some comfort food. 
I want to go back and watch the first season. And uh, like yes. I said, I I went back and after the season ended and I watched High School Musical 3. So Yes. Yeah. And little baby Olivia Rodrigo, who's now a three-time Grammy winner. So I can't. It's yeah. crazy. 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 Guts, you guys. Guts. Yeah. Get the album. <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> um, I do want to say that uh, the series has won a Glad Media Award, five Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, um, and it has been nominated for five Children and Family Emmy Awards. So that's, that's amazing. I love that so much. Joshua Aww. Bassett alone. Honestly, I was watching it and the and the last episode ended, and I was like, honestly, I'd give Joshua Bassett an Emmy nomination. He was great. I love him so much. Yeah. yeah. He actually, like I said, I think that his acting is just, it's just gotten mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Yes. He redeemed himself this what, season. I can't wait to see what all of them do in the future. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, like we've seen, like Julia Lester's doing a lot of theater. I think Frankie Rodriguez and Joe Serafini are going to do a lot of theater. Yeah. So I'm excited to see. And Joshua Bassett has this singing career, obviously. So yeah, excited to see. I mean, it's kind of crazy that we already have a Tony nominee in the cast. Like in the one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. That's wild. Wow. <gasps> ah. Yeah. So much fun. Oh, Thank you, Rachel. Musical, musical the series. Yay. Yay. HSM TMTS. Oh. All right, Rachel. Let's talk about our character of the week. Let's do it. This is the segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So we think, what are we feeling? How have we been? What kind of mischief have we been up to? So much mischief. I know. And then we pick a theater character in the crazy theater universe mm. that has the same thoughts, feelings, or vibes. That's right. Character, set piece, whole musical. There's many options. We have evolved over the course of this character of the week. Um, we would also <laughs> love to hear, listen, your thoughts on Shia LaBeouf going to broadway crazy crazy um your thoughts on high school musical the musical the series overall and season four tell us your thoughts who is your favorite showmance in the show olivia rodrigo and joshua bassett was that your favorite showmance or was it um joe serafini and um, frankie rodriguez the one that are still together Hmm. um Hmm. And we would also love to hear your characters this week. So comment on our social media pages. Tell us who your character is this week. You may get a shout out on a future episode. Rachel, who is your character this week? This week, I was just thinking about about how I myself as a theater nerd have transitioned from being on the stage to off the stage. And for those who don't know, I now know how to work some, well, and obviously we all know that I know how to cue the fog and I know how to work some behind the scenes stuff. I have a whole show on fog actually. Um, Yes. It's just called cue the fog. That's what it's going to be called. Um, and, but I have recently been learning how to run cameras and sound and like other things for, uh, the church that I go to. And, um, Rachel's leaving us for the, uh, for the film world is what she's saying. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I'm saying is I finally exactly. like learned how the tech part, you know, cause when you're on stage, you can only do so much. And when you're helping most of the time, especially in high school, mm. you get put in charge of props or costuming or you know, or fog as was mine. And so that reminds me of a character who's also in 
this series that we talked about who um, was at camp last season and she has previously had time on the stage but now she is taking more of a back seat doing Love some playing doing some sound system things even though she messes up in the finale it's okay and that is Maddox yes I feel like you and Maddox are very similar I know I really like her she's you give so off Maddox cute. vibes oh, she's so cute I like her so Oh, I love that. Yeah. Who are you, Taylor? Who are Rachel, you? Rachel, well, listen, as I said while we before we were recording, mine's a little bit of a stretch. Okay. A funny stretch though. But this week, listen, I've been working a lot, as we have said a lot, you know, recently. It was a whole musical called Working. And <laughs> I've been a little uh a little sicky vicky, as you can probably hear in my voice. Um, and I'm just tired. I'm very tired. I'm going to edit this podcast after we're done and then also, um, be up at 5am. So (laughs) it's going to be crazy. So I feel like this character, listen, he works a lot. He's very stubborn. He likes to get things done. He also, I think honestly, if he had just, you know, take a a nap, maybe he would, uh, stop doing his job, which is killing people and putting them into pies. And that's right. I'm Sweeney Todd because he just needs a nap. He just needs a nap and he needs to stop working too much. That's really what it is. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if like the whole Sweeney Todd didn't happen just because he took a nap? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber who took a nap. (laughs) (laughs) The no long, the reformed demon barber because he took a nap. Yeah. I think it could revolutionize his life. Come on. I it probably could. It probably could. Oh my god. DM me, Sweeney. DM me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let him know. Let him know. Yeah. Well, if you guys would like to join in on our discussion, check us out at theaternerpod.com. Or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week. <laughs>